and welcome back to the podcast. This is But What's Next with me, Michelle Reed. We've got a fun episode today, guys. We have a topic that I have honestly wanted to talk about, but I felt like with this topic, there are so many different things you can talk about, and so I didn't want it to go off on a tangent, and it turns out it might be a little bit of a tangent because this is just a very raw, vulnerable episode about my personal struggles with feeling lost in my 20s, and just kind of opening up the conversation about this, talking about things that are kind of taboo that I think a lot of people think in their 20s but don't actually talk about, things like not having a strong sense of self and everyone being at different stages of life in their 20s, finding your identity, struggling with finding your identity and things outside of what you do and who you surround yourself with. For this episode, I'm going to talk about some inspiration, some recent thoughts I've had because honestly, this is something I've been struggling with lately and so I wanted to put all my thoughts into an episode. I also asked on my Instagram, how you guys relate to this topic. What are things that make you feel really lost in your 20s? What are things that you struggle with? And so I'm going to share those things and hopefully this will be an episode where I don't want you to relate to this because obviously feeling lost is not a fun thing, but hopefully it makes you feel just more seen and heard. I'm going to go over some things that personally I have been feeling really lost in and then also just kind of some affirmations for myself, things that I try to remind myself, 10 different things that help me feel less lost, things to do that help me feel less lost. And then I asked for some advice questions from you guys. So I have quite a few things to talk about for this episode. It's kind of like a jam-packed episode. I am going to be talking about some faith-related things just because my personal faith as a Christian is a big reason why I feel less lost despite whatever stage of life I may be in. If again, that's just something you don't relate to. I always say that because I know there are people who just don't want to hear Bible verses. They don't want to hear faith-based perspectives on topics. However, I don't actually think that's a lot of people. I read a lot of my messages that I get from you guys and overwhelmingly the majority is even if people aren't Christians, they still appreciate hearing that perspective and can even find things that they relate to from that perspective. And so I don't really feel bad for sharing that, but I just always wanted to put that in there if that's just something that you're not really into. For my life update for the week, I kind of talked about this more in my last episode because I'm recording this on a Wednesday and I did that intro on Sunday, so there hasn't really been that much that has changed from then, but something I'm really excited about. I'm working on some different videos. I'm thinking of some new topics and I'm doing kind of an apartment refresh video because we just signed or re-signed our lease and so we were thinking of ways we can kind of like switch up our apartment move things around and so I've been working on that and we're not trying to like ball out and buy a lot of stuff so I'm trying to think of like more affordable ways to switch up your apartment without having to buy a ton of things there are a few things I'm going to buy for it but it's been so fun working on this video because I loved putting together our apartment that was such a happy phase of my life and it's kind of like when you finish you're like Oh, kind of sad. Even though I love my apartment, I really liked the process. And someone was like, oh my gosh, I feel like you just finished putting together your apartment. And that is correct. But it's been a year. And I think when I work from my apartment, I film in my apartment, we are literally here all the time. I spend so much time here because I love it. 
That also means that I like to switch it up. So look out for that video. I think it'll be up on Tuesday. So you're listening to this on Monday and it will be up the next day if you're listening to this the day this podcast comes out. So that's all on my YouTube channel. If you guys don't know, I think most people also subscribe to my YouTube channel, but if you don't, it's over there. I do a lot of like simple living videos, lifestyle videos, and yeah, I just always want to be kind of growing and evolving with my content and not sticking to the same old same old so i've been trying to think of some new ideas if there's ever anything you'd like to see me do in a video i try to kind of separate the podcast content from my youtube channel my youtube channel is very visual obviously like showing a lot of things and less chatty but still kind of chatty i really do consider this platform to be my favorite because i feel like i can just be my most self talk about things that Maybe I don't want to talk about on YouTube because people are usually a little bit more hostile on YouTube than on the podcast. And so, yeah, I'm just so thankful you're here. I always say that because it is so true and I'm really especially excited for this episode. So that's pretty much everything I have to say. So let's go ahead and dive into the meat of this episode. So I turned 23 on July 1st and to be quite honest, I kind of touched on this on my last episode, but... I really loved being 22 and I know age is but a number. You probably are so annoyed that I'm acting like I'm getting so much older when I'm 23 but there's just something about each year especially in your 20s getting older where I feel like there's a lot of pressure to accomplish certain things, be at a certain point in life and for me 22 was such a pivotal year of my life. I moved back to Texas, we got married, built kind of our first apartment together, and really just kind of established our family. We got cash. It was just a very kind of hype year, if you will. I felt like there was just a lot going on. But now that I'm 23, it's the first time in my life where I look out on the rest of the years to come, and I just don't really have a plan. I don't really have my life mapped out for the future and I really feel that until this point, my life was pretty much mapped out. It was you go to high school, you go to college, you graduate, you start your career, maybe you get married, maybe you're in a serious relationship, maybe you're single, maybe you're really into your career, but there's kind of a sense of everything is ordered up until now and there's something about not having a lot of things planned where you suddenly feel like, okay, what's next, you know? It's literally the title of this podcast, What is Next? And it was the first time where I really felt like I don't really know what's next. And I think that a lot of times all those things that we put in our mind of, okay, I need to be here. I need to be at this point in my career. I need to have my master's. I need to start having kids by this age. I need to be married by this age. All of those things just put so much pressure on us and they're great things. Those are. It's not to say that those are bad things, but I think a lot of times we have to recognize that those things are just artificial senses of pressure we put on ourselves where no one else is putting that pressure on us except ourselves. I just feel a lot of pressure specifically on wanting to buy a house. For me, I'm like, okay, by this age, I really want to buy a house because that's the next financial step we need to take. I don't want to keep wasting money on rent. And I also want to have this amount of money saved. I want to have this amount in my savings account. I want to be at this point And I want to be at this point in my career by now. I want to have these numbers. I want to be doing this kind of project. And I was thinking about a lot of these things. This was actually before we went to Florida. We went to Velvet Taco for dinner. And I was just processing a lot of these things. And I hadn't actually voiced them out loud. And there's something about when you actually start speaking your thoughts. 
you really get overwhelmed and you don't realize all this stuff you're holding in. And I just kind of started breaking down. We were in the car, driving home, started crying because I felt a lot of uneasiness about the future and uneasiness of just where am I supposed to be right now in my 20s. And that is where I got the idea of this episode. And just out of curiosity, I put on my Instagram, I said, what makes you feel the most lost in your 20s? And I want to share some of the things that you guys said, because maybe these are things you relate to. A lot of these things I look at, I'm like, okay, I have that, but I still feel entirely lost. Or I'm like, oh, wow, someone has this and they still feel lost. Okay, so they say, being someone who doesn't drink in a drinking culture not being able to find genuine friends, being in college at 23 when my friends work, they buy houses, they have kids, feeling stuck living and working from my childhood bedroom because I can't afford to move out. That was actually one of the responses that a ton of people said was living at home, not having a place of their own, feeling really stuck, working this full-time job, but also living with their parents, the relationship with their parents changing, And I just wanted to put that out there because that was definitely the most common response. Everyone else is in relationships. When I see people my age already move out and live with their boyfriends, I'm unsure about my career future. Transitioning from a fast-paced college life to a steady, consistent, boring job. Growing apart from friendships, body changes. I used to be known as a tall, skinny girl, and I'm just not that anymore. Figuring out finances. Someone said dealing with men. I just thought that was funny. I had to put that in there. And then dealing with a season of waiting. There were so many more responses, but the ones that I really related to, one, I didn't realize this until recently, and this has nothing against like drinking. I am not opposed to drinking. I think that having a glass of wine, enjoying drinks with your friends, I think that's totally fine. I personally don't believe in going overboard and drinking to get drunk. That's not something... I agree with, but I realize how much of the social scene of life revolves around drinking. And it's something that I think about a lot because that's just not something I really enjoy. Like I said, I like going out and doing stuff with friends every now and then, but it's just crazy how much revolves around drinking alcohol. And I didn't realize how many people just don't drink because they just don't want to drink. And I think that's also really cool too. But that's nothing against drinking. It's just hard to really kind of socialize when everything is around drinking. Another thing is the relationships changing. I think that a lot of times for me, I find a lot of comfort in those people who I've had in my life all the time who've always been there. And it's kind of sad as you get older when a lot of those relationships change and maybe you don't see your family as much. You don't have all the inside jokes that you used to have or maybe you just don't keep in touch with your friends as much because you're really busy. And that stuff, you don't really realize those relationships are changing until you look back on them. And then, like I said, all the artificial kind of goal things I have in my mind of I want to be here I feel insecure because I'm not here those things really get me down too and so I sat down and I was reflecting okay what gets me out of this mindset if someone else is feeling the same way what are things that I think about because I think getting out of this fog obviously if it's something you're really dwelling in I do think that talking to someone going to therapy is really helpful but things that you can actually do for yourself. I literally wrote down dear self and these are things I remember to tell myself when I'm feeling this way. So the first one is just opening up about your feelings. I have a lot to say about this because I'm someone who really does keep my guard up. I'm not the person who unleashes all my feelings the first time I meet you. It takes me a very long time to warm up to people and 
even just a very long time to process things that I'm going through. I think when I'm not processing my feelings, it always manifests itself in insomnia, insecurity in my relationships, bitterness, and anger, and jealousy. And I have really had to practice actually talking about these things, especially being in my 20s when there are just a lot of life changes happening. Something that has changed my relationship with God and my faith has been watching this Chosen series. If you guys don't know what Chosen is, it shows the life of Jesus with all the people he interacted with when he was spreading the gospel. It is such an amazing series. It's so well done. I think a lot of times faith-based films can honestly just be a little bit cheesy. I'm just putting it out there. But the production on this series is amazing. If you guys haven't seen it, I think it's awesome. Even if you're not a Christian, you have no interest. It's just really an entertaining thing to watch. I highly recommend it. But I love it particularly because it shows how human Jesus is and how eager he is to listen to us and to hear us and to have a relationship with us. Something I really liked, I was listening to my friends Tori and Chad Masters. They have a podcast and Tori said this line in a recent podcast they did on being in a season of waiting. She said, God can't heal the things that we're not admitting that we feel. And that just really hit home for me where a lot of times I'm kind of thinking, you know, why God are you not here right now? Why don't you help me with this? Why aren't you listening to me? But I don't even realize that I'm not putting in the time to seek out God. We were at a church service recently and he mentioned how often the Bible talks about seeking God. And a lot of times we just expect God to listen to us and hear us when we're not actually going out there and seeking him. It reminds me of this passage in 2 Chronicles 15, 2-4. Ezra the prophet went out to meet Asa and said to him, listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord and the God of Israel and sought him and he was found by them. But I also want to say that I think there's a clear distinction. A lot of times when people talk about seeking God, this kind of goes into the prosperity gospel. If you do the right things, if you read your Bible, if you pray, God will give you a really great life. And honestly, that is not what's promised at all in the Bible. Trials are promised trials are promised and hardship is promised and there are times of our life where we do endure those things but I just think the principle of drawing near to God is really important because that's when he reveals himself to us and when I'm really struggling with my thoughts and being in over my head something that immediately makes me feel more peace is just drawing near to God. Another one of my favorite poets who I love is Morgan Harper Nichols and she has this quote and I just think it's so beautiful so I wanted to share it too it says if it ever seems your bones can no longer bear the weight of your own restlessness and you are up at night fighting a sea of endless questions even in these midnight depths take each moment breath by breath for no matter what has happened you are far from finished yet for when waves and winds are heavy your soul is whole and steady and even here there will be light bringing mercy in the morning you're not finished yet. And when you're stuck in your 20s and you're feeling that this is going to be the rest of my life, you know, going back to the one about, okay, I'm stuck in a boring job. Is this really the rest of my life? It's that you're not done yet. And I think it's important to be faithful in the phase of life that you're in. And you can look forward to what's to come, but being faithful there and knowing that it's not the end and it's not the rest of your life, but that good things will come in the future. Number two is to stop envying others. 
So, obviously, much easier to just say than actually do. But I was thinking about this because I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which is What We Said Podcast. I love it. It's with JC and Chelsea. You guys probably know them. They are just so awesome. I love their content. It's really a great podcast if you just want something casual or it's just girls chit-chatting about life. I think it's really cute. But they were talking in their episode about the difference between envy and jealousy. And this is something that I haven't really thought about a lot, kind of like having a distinction between the two. But they're talking about how envy is what you want, what someone else has versus jealousy is when you are worried that someone is trying to take what you have. And I think a lot of times we say we're jealous of people when we're really envious. And you know, wanting what someone else has isn't necessarily a bad thing. When you take that and one you take that out on them when you're negative about them when it's very clear that you are just envious instead of actually like critiquing them you can either let that motivate you like hey i really like this way that this person is living their life maybe i can take principles of what they're doing and apply that to my life but then you also have to recognize that you're not meant to be someone else and god made you who you are for a reason you're not meant to look like some other girl you're not meant to have the same job as someone And I think that there's just a different way where we can approach this. I also was watching Christy Vetter's video. She makes YouTube videos. You guys probably know Christy too. But she was talking about how she struggles a lot with comparison when she is in a phase of life where she is not content and not confident with where she's at versus when she is really living her life to the fullest, when she is feeling really fulfilled in what she's doing. That is when she doesn't really let it bother her. She's not really dealing with comparison. And I think that's so true. When I'm in areas of my life where I'm feeling especially lost, that is when I'm the most insecure. That's when I compare myself the most. That is when I'm the most envious of other people. And so I think it's about finding a way to feel fulfilled, even if you're not at your ideal place that you'd like to be in life, even if you aren't at the place where you really hope to end up with one day, still being content and not letting yourself fall into comparison. I also really love Tori D. Simone's podcast. She has Manifest by Tori D. Simone, but she was talking about how a lot of times when you are jealous of someone else or I guess envious of someone else, she just kind of said it really in a very kind of blunt way. She's like, you should ask yourself if you would actually work as hard to have what they have. And a lot of times the answer is no. A lot of times you don't want to be putting in the hours that someone else has put in to get where they are at, if that makes sense too. So that's something I always try to tell myself like, hey, yeah, it's really great that so-and-so has this and you sitting around being bitter about it isn't going to take away from what they have. And it's also not going to make you a better person. So again, you can let that motivate you to get ahead or you can just let it make you bitter. Number three is just to embrace the uncomfortable. I think a lot of our 20s It's just really awkward and uncomfortable. You're figuring things out. Like I said, relationships are changing. Maybe you're feeling in between two different phases of life. Maybe you're feeling awkward because you're not really feeling like an adult, but you technically are and you still feel like a teenager. I think specifically the Bible as a Christian has a lot to say about life being uncomfortable and different stories from people who were in uncomfortable situations. Specifically, the story of Abraham. I love reading the story of Abraham. This is actually what I'm reading right now in my devotions, just going through it because, again, feeling a little bit lost. So I thought that this would be a good passage for me, but 
I wanted to share this from Got Questions because I was reading it actually this morning in my devotions, and it kind of talks about Abraham and his story. It says, The Lord has said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God calls Abraham out from his home in Haran and tells him to go to a land that he will show to him. God also makes three promises to Abraham. The promise of a land of his own, the promise to be made into a great nation, and three, the promise of blessing. What really makes Abraham special is that he obeyed God. Genesis 12, 4 records that after God called Abraham, he went as the Lord had told him. The author of Hebrews also uses Abraham as an example of faith several times. How many of us would leave behind everything that is familiar to us just to go out without knowing our destination? The concept of family meant everything to a person living in the time of Abraham. In that time, family units were strongly knit. It was unusual for family members to live hundreds of miles apart from each other. In addition, we're not told anything about the religious life of Abraham and his family prior to his calling. Abraham's life also shows us the blessing of simple obedience. When asked to leave his family, Abraham left. When asked to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham rose up early the next morning to do so. From what we can discern from the biblical narrative, there was no hesitation in Abraham's obedience. Abraham, like most of us, may have agonized over these decisions, but when it was time to act, he acted. When we discern a true call from God or we read his instructions in his word, we must act. Obedience is not optional when God commands something. And reading this, obviously, my life is not the same as Abraham's and I'm not like equating us. I'm just saying that it's really helpful to remember the principle of obedience. And something that I try to remember is just taking small steps every day. You don't necessarily have to be taking big leaps every day, but small steps to be where you want to be and where you think God is calling you to be. And that has always helped me. Going along with that, number four is just focusing on the day at hand. Something that I think is so true is the phrase that the days are long, but the years are short. When I look back on my life, you really only remember the big moments that happen, but from day to day, the days seem pretty long. And I try to remember that I can fill my life with small joys every day to enjoy where I'm at. Someone had actually sent in something where they said they were living back home and they try to create just small little routines that even if you're not living a life that you genuinely are super excited about finding small things to enjoy each day and this is something I really try to talk about on my YouTube channel because I just don't think especially on social media that it's really widely broadcasted that you can enjoy simple things that are small it's okay to be content with living a quiet life that was the reason I also started this podcast was because of that verse that talks about living simply working with your hands because it's okay. It's okay if you are investing in your relationships, if you are helping people around you, if you're taking care of your house, if you are working a job that may not be this grand thing, but you are living it out and you're doing your best and being faithful in it, that that is okay. And I just wish more people would say that because that's something I wish I heard when I was graduating college that I just don't think I did. And just to enjoy those small joys of everyday life. five is you are more than what you do, who you know, and where you're at. I can't tell you how much I have struggled with finding my identity in things outside of who God made me to be. 
And that is probably the thing that makes me the most unhappy in life. I was reading this article and workism is making Americans miserable. I'll have this in the show notes if you guys want to read the article. I think it's a really great article, but it had this line that said work is not life's product, but it's currency. What we choose to buy with it is the ultimate project of living. That's not to say that liking your work is a bad thing and being in a job where you have to work just really long hours that's not to say that that's a bad thing and I don't and that's not something I'm trying to say. It's just that finding your fulfillment in your job specifically or even your friends where you're at in life, those things can be taken from you so quickly. You can lose your job. You can be doing a really bad job at your job and you can't find your worth in those things and it's something that I just try to remember all the time. One of my favorite worship songs is Who You Say I Am by Hillsong. The lyrics just repeat, you know, I am who you say I am. And I have to remember that, that my identity is in Christ and who he says that I am and not these other things. I really love this book. It's called Who God Says You Are, a Christian Understanding of Identity. I read this, I think, back in college. And I remembered this line in it that I wanted to share with you guys. It says, if our values have not been converted, we have not been converted. Valuing what God values shapes us and directs us. In naming Christ as Lord, we honor ourselves. As a second century Christian put it, whatever you honor most will rule you. Honor what is best so that you may be governed by what is best. And that is something, especially in the last year, I have tried to orient my life in a way where I'm trying to value the things that are going to shape my my identity in a positive way. So things like my family, things like listening to other people, praying in solitude, encouraging other people, you know, reading the word. And at the same time, obviously those things can also become idols. So it's not to say you idolize them, but just not spending all your time on something that is going to ultimately rule over you. Number six is when you can't work out your thoughts, work out your body. So this one is really practical, but honestly, guys, I have a lot of episodes that talk about fitness. So I'm going to keep this one pretty brief. This is probably the thing that I believe the most about myself and don't waver in, but I work out solely for my mental health now. It is so important for me. That's not to say you need to be going and running a marathon or doing some intense boot camp workout. This can simply be going for a walk. I can't express how much better it makes you feel and how it gets you out of your thoughts when you spend time, you know, maybe five days a week doing it pretty often going for a walk. For me, I run every other day and running is something that truly does make me feel so much better when my mind is just all over the place it's nice being able just to focus on your body and like okay I feel like all these things are out of my control but the one thing I can control is how I work out in this hour of time and so I'm going to be present in that and it's something that really does help when I'm especially dealing with just feeling really lost number seven is savoring moments that make you feel at home instead of skipping through them this one might be kind of weird this might just be my mind kind of thinking of this but I think so often we try to find our sense of home and again our jobs where we live who we're with I have really in the past year tried to be more present in the aspects of life that really do make me feel at home and I wrote out a list of things that I just recently have really appreciated things like going to bed and waking up next to Aiden every night is seriously one of the best things ever and it's something that I never want to take for granted We were at the beach getting to play with my nephew Ezra on the beach, goofing off with my family. I love putting together a meal with my hands at night. Like these things make me feel more like myself. And so actually savoring those things, I think a lot of times those are the things we skip over because 
we think we have more important things to do but those things truly matter so much because they make you feel more like yourself so find those things for yourself and make sure to express gratitude for them number eight is to recognize that other people are also in the same boat obviously reading those responses so many people feel the same way that you probably do And a lot of times, something that I hear from people is, you look like your life is so together that you're doing all the right things. But a funny story, kind of off of that, but a subscriber actually met my brother, who's my oldest brother. He's 31, I believe. And he actually was at church the other day with his wife, Avery, and they were catching up with another girl who was visiting. And my brother had mentioned the King's College, which is where I went to college too, because he went there too. And this girl was like, do you happen to know who Michelle Reed is? And he was like, actually, that's my sister. And the subscriber, I love this story. My sister-in-law sent it to me. She like sent me a video telling it and she's so cute when she tells stories. So I loved listening to it, but she was talking about how she kept saying, you know, she's just so put together. She said something like that. And it's funny because I don't think of myself as a very put together person person and I never want to come off like my life is perfect and everything's in order and that's a big reason why I have this podcast it's kind of opening up the door to my thoughts on the things I struggle with and hoping other people relate to and so I just want you to know that I too struggle with these things I'm not perfect and a lot of other people sympathize too and I'm actually just gonna finish with this one number nine is just to simplify your life This is, again, another really practical one that has helped me in the past year. When I feel really lost and I feel that there are just a lot of different things going on, I don't feel very in control with my life, decluttering and focusing on what actually matters most to me really does help. When I just feel confused, but I know I have a simple space to come home to, that just really makes me feel a lot more at ease. I read this book called Goodbye Things, The New Japanese Minimalism. It was a really great book, and I wanted to read a couple of quotes from it. It says, it's often said that cleaning your house is like polishing yourself. I think that this is a golden rule. It isn't just dust and dirt that accumulates in our homes. It's also the shadows of our past selves that let that dust and dirt continue to build. Cleaning the grime is certainly unpleasant, but more than that, it's the need to face our own past deeds that makes it so tough. But when we have fewer material possessions and cleaning becomes an easy habit, the shadows we now face will be of our daily accomplishments. I just really like that, and I think it kind of shared more about the philosophy of just really living simply and making sure that you live in a way where you don't feel cluttered when your mind might be cluttered. Okay, I'm going to start reading some of the submissions. I'll probably only have time for a few because I'm trying to keep this around 40 minutes, but this one says, I am turning 25 this year and I feel that this is the time, especially in my life, where I feel most lost. Within the last year, I graduated with my master's degree, became a dog mom, moved closer to family, but to a totally new area and I got engaged to my best friend. It sounds like a perfect life and it is, but I feel like I am in a rut. I currently have a job doing something I am passionate about and is what I went to school for, but I have been unable to actually start for the past month due to restrictions from the state I am in. It has been a very stressful financial time in my life. While I rely on my fiance to pay the majority of our bills, as I am someone who would rather be financially independent. With the stress of finances weighing on on me, I catch myself snapping at my fiance and judging his purchases even though he works hard and deserves to buy whatever he pleases. 
I also have this lost feeling while comparing myself to a family member who is a year younger than myself and is married, bought a house, and is trying to have their first child. I know everyone is in their own season of life and I shouldn't compare where I am to others, but it's hard when you feel stuck in life. I know this feeling of being lost will most likely pass once I start my job and make new friends in the area we live in, but it's hard to overcome and has been taking a toll on my mental health. I guess summarizing while in my 20s, I feel most lost idolizing a life I see others having, having to wait for my life to be where I want it and not being financially independent. I really relate to this one too. I think no matter what phase of life you're in, when even you start your job, you probably still will think that you need to be somewhere that you're not. I mean, I hope that's not the case, but I just think that's kind of the principle of the grass is always greener and you always have to remind yourself that it's okay to be in the phase of life that you're in right now and you don't always have to be jumping ahead. Even that family member who is in that phase of life that you look to and you're like, well, they're so ahead of me. He or she is probably really struggling too and thinking, I should have more kids by now. Like, that's just kind of always how we're wired. And so she says, I've been in a relationship for three years now and we're planning on getting engaged next year. I'm in a stable job that I love and I recently bought a condo. It feels great to settle down in some aspects of my life, but I absolutely feel lost in finding true female friendships. I have about three close friends, but not a huge circle of friends like so many people do, or at least make it seem on social media. I went to school on the East Coast and now live back in Chicago where I'm from, so all of the friends I made in school live far away. Like you, my faith is also super important to me, but even making friends through church is hard, especially since churches were closed for many months last year in Illinois. I'm at a place in my life where I feel comfortable with who is and isn't in my life and comfortable with who I am, but it always is hard to not compare myself to other girls my age who have a huge circle of girlfriends that they're always going out with or taking trips with. I love that you always mention how there's nothing wrong with loving and living a simple and slow life. Some people in their 20s work themselves hard and that's what makes them happy and fulfilled, but I've learned to accept that I'm not less worthy of a person because I don't work 12 hours a day. Our value does not lie in our work alone. While it may always be hard not to compare yourself to others, whether it be their lifestyle, home, friends, family life, whatever else, you can always find true peace in being true to yourself, not compromising on your values, and maintaining a relationship with God and the people in your life that make you a better person. I wanted to share this one because it just reiterates kind of what I mentioned in this episode from another perspective too, that it's okay if you don't have everything especially that maybe social media or just online kind of shows that this is the good life i really appreciated this response so thank you so much this is gonna be my last one but she says i think the thing that makes me feel the most lost in my 20s is the shift from living with my parents to being on my own i just turned 20 this year and i recently moved into my first apartment near my college it is an off-campus apartment so i pay rent and everything separately from my tuition This is the first time I feel truly on my own as I am paying for my own apartment and tuition myself and I don't rely on my mom anymore at all really. It's a weird feeling to me and it seems like I'm too young to be living alone and supporting myself completely independently. I still have a great relationship with my mom and I love spending time with her when I'm able to but I'm having a challenging time adjusting to this new step even though I'm very happy with my apartment. Any advice on handling changes in your 20s? I wanted to read this one because I also had submissions where people said they feel insecure because because they still live with their parents when they're in their 20s that the grass again is always greener that you can even be living on your own and 
It's funny today because there was someone who was vacuuming our apartment hallway. And I always remember when I lived at home, my mom would run the vacuum all the time because she was really particular about having the carpet clean. And there was always something comforting about hearing the sound of the vacuum, knowing that my mom was nearby. And I had this feeling of nostalgia where I was like, wow, I really miss like just always having my mom nearby. And I think that it's so true that even when you live on your own, you really do miss those moments. And so something I try to do is just appreciate things for the phase that they're in. And I almost texted my mom that when that was happening. And instead of letting it be like, oh, wow, I wish things were this way, just being like, wow, I was grateful that things were that way at the time and kind of shifting it into a perspective of gratitude And knowing that you can always see your mom too, that was something that really helped me when I moved out was just kind of defeating the thoughts of, okay, now I live on my own. I hardly see my family. I'm away from them. Beating the homesickness by just recognizing that anytime I want to see them, obviously if you're close to them in terms of proximity, that you can see them and reach out to them and be more intentional with your relationship with them. And on the flip side, if you're still living with your parents, I think something that's helpful is just like from my family's experience is just having your own routine. Even if you're living at home, maybe you work out in the morning, maybe even start buying your own groceries, maybe try to have like a space at the house that is designated as yours kind of putting up those boundaries so you do feel to some extent that you are living your own life and while you can't decorate how you really wish to and you do have to follow the rules to a certain extent, kind of living your life independently at the same time. So it gives you the illusion of, okay, I am living on my own even though I do live with your parents. And honestly, like from my perspective, just appreciate living with them. And I know it's again it always seems better I'm sure people see me living in my own apartment like wow I wish I had my own apartment where I wasn't living with my family but like I said I would really kill to have those days where I was spending time with family like when I moved back in March of 2020 and I was living at home until August when we got married that was one of the happiest times of my life where I was living at home with my family I loved that being around my family getting to see them all the time and I will never regret that time I spent. So just appreciate it while you have them and know that you're not always going to have your family. So just try to appreciate it while you have it. Those are all my thoughts for today's episode. There really isn't kind of like a main takeaway from this because nothing is just going to suddenly make you feel less lost. But I hope, if anything, it just made you feel more seen and heard and is just something to relate to that I too feel lost in my 20s and a lot of other people do too. And I also struggle with not feeling a strong sense of self, but I also know that these feelings aren't permanent. And there are things that I can do to help make my mind a little bit less money. So if you guys enjoyed, feel free to let me know. Feel free to tag me in an Instagram story. I've been seeing a lot of tags in Instagram stories lately and it makes me so happy if you're listening. Thank you so much. Feel free to share how you're listening if you're on a walk, if you are studying, if you are catching up on something. I just really love seeing those. So also feel free to write a review if you enjoy this podcast. It really helps the podcast. It helps grow the podcast. So I would definitely be grateful for that. But thank you guys so much for listening. I will catch you guys in my next episode. Bye, friends. (music)